to the book of Jonah. Once again, it will be this evening. Book of Jonah. Handouts for this evening. So Jonah, actually into chapter 2 now, actually. Yeah, lesson number 7. This is actually a, a pretty interesting lesson, the prayer of Jonah. There's some really good, um, some really good thoughts, and it kind of stood out to me um, in this, so hopefully... Some things that stand out to you as well, and this can be a very uh, convicting lesson as well. Um, lesson number seven, the prayer of Jonah. So we're actually going to read the first nine verses of chapter two, so everything but uh, the last verse, verse 10. Um, so Jonah chapter two, and then verses one to nine. So I'll start in verse one, then we'll just go around and read those as we normally do. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast called I, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed about me. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed round about me. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So again, the title, the theme you can probably, as you can see from this evening, is kind of focusing on this prayer of Jonah that he made. Um, here, um, but prayer is shouldn't, isn't, or shouldn't as well be our good luck charm. With it, you know, it's important that we should be faithful in the good times as well as the bad. Because when we turn a deaf ear to God in the good times, we shouldn't be surprised when He turns a deaf ear to us in the bad times. There's a verse in. Um, it's actually Proverbs 1, should be somewhat familiar. It says, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Obedience is a 24-7 project. Now, God is, complete, is pleased with consistent faithfulness, not simply just when we're in a bind. 
1 Corinthians 15, 58, again, pretty familiar verse. Says, no, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, you know, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So some objectives you know, to, that we'll kind of be looking at this evening is seeing the importance of us to build a consistent relationship with the Lord rather than just simply trusting Him in times of difficulty. And then second, along those same lines, you know, often crisis Christianity doesn't last in our lives. And then to encourage us to make vows and then keep them for the Lord, for the glory of the Lord. So the prayer of Jonah here, lesson number seven, we already read the first nine verses there. And the author kind of prefaces this lesson with, it might appear that we're being a little hard on Jonah in this lesson, as you'll see. But by the time you get to chapter 4, you kind of can also see that his spirituality that you see here didn't exactly carry over into chapter 4. So at first glance, man, it's kind of being a little hard on him tonight, but think about that and then think about our lives too. It's interesting. In verse 1, I don't, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think you see Jonah praying until right here. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of where? The fish's belly. He didn't pray about obeying God or buying a ticket to Tarshish or about sleeping during the storm. But now when his life's in the balance... He suddenly gets serious about praying here. This next analogy is not going to be very, it's going to bring up a lot of bad memories for a lot of people probably here. But it says, as a boy, I hated going to the dentist. This is due to soft teeth. I always had multiple cavities that needed to be drilled out and then filled. It says, in those days, they didn't use painkillers of any, time, any kind, and dentists are trained in the art of torture. It says, I remember one day sitting in the dentist's chair waiting for him to start poking around in my mouth. My eyes were already watering just thinking about the pain I was about to endure. As a small boy, I began to pray. I said, Dear Lord, if you'll let me get out of this chair without a single cavity, just this once, I will never sin again. <laughs> I was sincere as I could be, and even though I wasn't saved, I had never been more honest in my life. To my surprise, the dentist could not find a single cavity in my mouth. <clears throat> he was as shocked as I was as he took that little napkin from around my neck and told me I could go. As I stood to my feet, God reminded me of my promise. I knew that I could never keep what I had vowed, and it served as a lesson in my life to be careful about what I prayed for during times of adversity. So point number one, these, uh, all the main points start with a P. They're kind of some interesting, interesting ones here is affliction-driven, starts with a P, not purpose, not prayer, it's the, um, what was that? Plan. Not plan, it's a, I don't know, longerest word. If you think of, I don't know, what's a good analogy to say? If you're, if you're serious about doing something and someone questions it, well, it's the something of the matter. It's the principle. affliction driven principles. When's the last time that you prayed? 
Does it take some crisis for you to find a place on your knees? Of course, sure, we need him. We need to pray, you know, in times of affliction. But God wants our worship all the time. Think of Daniel. You know, Daniel is a consistent man of God. And as a result, of course, we know the story. His enemies conspired against him to um, make, get the king to sign a decree that it's illegal to pray to God, basically. And then Daniel 6.10, it's the next verse, whoever's, I think it's you, John. Daniel 6.10. Daniel 6.10, now when Daniel knew that there, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, knelt upon his knees three times a day, and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Key phrase is his last four words, as he did aforetime. It wasn't praying that he was somehow not going to get found out as he did aforetime. Yes, he needed to pray during the affliction, but nothing changed when the affliction came because he'd been praying long before that. So subpoint A here is both of these start with, yeah, both of them start with an R, a motivated, think, think Civil War. Not a Yankee. You're not a Yankee, you're a, a rebel, a motivated rebel. <clears throat> uh, verse 2 of our text, no, this is Jonah speaking, says, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Heardest my voice. You know, affliction is definitely a powerful motivator in our lives. Think to another Bible character like Jonah, Samson had also run a course of disobedience. Warning after warning in his life went unheeded. Close call after close call was casually set aside in his life. But now with his eyes put out and the crowd jeering at him, he says in Judges 16, 28. Over's the next one on that one. And in Samson's life, I can think of the one other time that I can recall of him praying. Anybody remember when that was? I think it's after he smote a bunch of Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. And then what did he do? He was thirsty. So then he prayed that. But I think then this would be the other time that you could think of in his life. Similar to Jonah. So then subpoint B, not only do we have a motivated rebel, but we have a miserable, starts with an R as well. There's pleasure in sin for a season. A miserable reward. A miserable reward. Proverbs fifteen twenty one says, Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. For the path of disobedience may be smooth sailing for a while, and it literally was, but it was short because it didn't last. This is kind of one of those first statements here that kind of stood out to me. 
is no, whatever price Jonah was unwilling to pay when God asked him to preach to Nineveh now seems pretty meager in comparison to the cost of his disobedience. Because you think about it, his life literally is on the line, literally. So whatever price he was unwilling to pay before seemed pretty meager now in comparison to the cost that he paid. Remember we kind of looked at that a couple lessons ago, remember the whole purchase order thing? No, whatever decisions we make, we're signing up for things. Jonah 2, 3 to 6, we already, um, we did read those in there, but we'll read them again. Um, Someone want to read verses 3 to 6? It's not on your paper. It's actually, it would be in your Bible. Go ahead. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down into the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. In Proverbs eleven nineteen on the, on the sheet there, the next one. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Ecclesiastes 10.1, dead flies cause the anointment, the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly to him that's in reputation for wisdom and honor. So we had a motivated, I think it was a motivated rebel, and then a miserable reward. So then moving on to point two, again this starts with a P. Adversity driven. What was that? That is correct. Adversity driven prayers. You can see that in Jonah's life here, verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I've remembered the Lord. That's interesting. Just think about what I just said. When the soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And that's interesting there. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Adversity-driven prayers. Subpoint A, both of these start with an F. If anybody gets this one, you uh, deserve something. Because this is a really, really good one. I guess you can think of your Civil War analogy again, although about 60 years in the future. Not fossils. It's one word. First three letters are actually an animal. And the last cries from a foxhole. That was. If there ever was a foxhole prayer, this was it. <laughs> David prayed a similar prayer in Psalm 69. This is actually, I'll read this here. I don't think it's on your paper. But think about the words of what he's going to what he says here psalm 69 1 to 5 save me o god for the waters are come in unto my soul i sink in deep mire where there is no standing i am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me i am weary of my crying 
My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. That's some deep things that David's talking about there. I was, went back and looked at that to see if no, the title would kind of say, when it was, it doesn't say that the title of the psalm doesn't say, like, the, the timing exactly on that, but probably could place it in probably a couple, you know, points in David's life. But that's some, that's some deep, um, deep trouble and sorrow that David was in there. So he had cries from a foxhole, and then subpoint B, concern from A. Our soul starts with an F. Everybody has one of these. No, not quite. It says everybody has one of these. Not a foot. If it's concern from A, that narrows it down a little bit because it has to have something that can have concern. Concern from a father. That's correct. Because again, thinking of the, the main point here, you got adversity driven prayers, the cries from the foxhole, and then concern from a father. See in verse 7 When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Now, the father of a prodigal is disappointed, you know, to say the least, but he's always waiting for his son to return home. God sometimes puts us in the dark to prove to us that he's the light. Vance Havner said, sometimes your medicine bottle has on it, shake well before using. That is what God has to do with some of his people. He has to shake them well before they're ever usable. Micah 7, 18, next verse on your sheet there. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his, his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. And Isaiah 43:25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. God never tires of true repentance. Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. There's also a verse in Joel chapter 2, I think, where God says, No, rend your heart and not your garments. He's looking for the real thing, not just an outward, not just an outward show, but rend your heart. So on to, to main point three here. We had affliction-driven principles. We've seen adversity-driven prayers. And then point three, avoidance-driven, also starts with a P. Avoidance-driven promises, that is correct. Verse nine says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that 
that I have vowed. When we make, here's another interesting thing that really stood out to me, a statement here. When we make promises to God, we must make sure that we have every intent to keep them. Promises made to simply escape punishment are not pleasing to the Lord. Subpoint A is a careful, starts with a V, all three of these uh, blanks start with a V, a careful, careful voice. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Isn't that an interesting statement (laughs) that was made there? Considering, where is he when he's saying this? Do you think Jonah was really thankful? He wasn't thankful in chapter 1, and he won't be thankful in chapter 4. So what's motivating this sudden gratefulness? Kind of interesting. Think about that. James reminds us in James 5.12, Let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. We must be careful with the voices, with the words we speak, and the promises we make. Subpoint B, not only do we have a careful voice, but we have a continued, continued vow. I will pay that that I have vowed. Now, God takes our vows seriously. Uh, Numbers 30, verse 2 is the next, next one on the sheet there. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Then Deuteronomy 23, 21. Uh, when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. Here's another interesting thought here. I believe that we would see revival in our churches if every member would make just one decision. I don't know if we would ever need to make another decision after this one. Just one more decision would change everything. Do you know what that decision would be? To keep every decision we've already made. Interesting. So subpoint C here. We have a careful voice, a continued vow, and then C, a certain victory. <laughs> certain victory. Verse 9, salvation is of the Lord. That may be the only really true phrase uttered in this entire prayer. (laughs) Realistically, if victory comes, it can come by no other way but through the Lord. Psalm 37, 39. Next one on the sheet there. But the salvation of righteousness is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. 
no matter how dark the situation, there always is hope in God. He's the master at snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57 is the next. The next one's on there. O sting, oh, sorry. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't wait for the foxhole to start building your relationship with God. You'll have a lot more confidence in your God if you obey him before the bullets start flying. You think about the storm in Paul's life, as recorded in Acts 27, was just as severe as this one here that Jonah faced. Think about Paul, I think, was it like two weeks or whatever, that like something like that, that they had been in that storm or something. I'm trying to remember exactly, or they've been fasting and that kind of stuff. Probably longer than this. <laughs> but no, think of the difference. While Jonah's no fearing for his life here, Paul's at perfect peace in the will of God in that one. And you can be too. This is another interesting statement here. A short prayer can reach God if you don't live too far away. A short prayer can reach God if you don't live too far away. So it's kind of an interesting lesson tonight, thinking about some, just kind of some principles and situations with Jonah. You know, you could say, no, maybe we're being a little hard, being a little hard on him. But really, if we think about it, you can see, you can see these in our life. Um, like, I can remember a specific situation, you know, like one of those uh, things, like, particularly remember, I remember when I was younger, we watched this movie, and I like, was having, like, horrible nightmares, like, after the fact, and, like, praying, like, God, if you let me go to sleep, and I never, and um, it stopped, I will never, ever watch this ever again. And something, I remember that to this day. Thanks. Um, anybody else think of any other interesting things in your life about And I think we all have things like that. Anything else? Any other interesting ones? <laughs> Those are always interesting. <laughs> but it is interesting. Affliction brings things out in us, doesn't it? Any other things maybe that stood out to you particularly? Besides the lesson. There you go. Were there part of the analogy of this? It's interesting. That's a uh, cries from a foxhole. <laughs> the um. Any other things that kind of stand out? Maybe stood out to you about the lesson or anything? I think in my, in my experience, I was talking about the thoughts that we grow the most. Um, find out that's where God really proves himself to you. And uh, thankful for the foxholes. Because sometimes we need that awakening. It can definitely be 
definitely is an awakening. Think of David, the verses in Psalms that, uh, that we read there under that point on that. And again, thinking about, we kind of had touched on this in other lessons, but yeah, like whatever price Jonah was unwilling to pay before probably seemed pretty meager to where he was then at that point. Any other thoughts? That is interesting. That's the, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, the last five words that you see there of his prayer that said, of course, as the author says, it might be the only realistic, legitimate things that he says in there. But again, it's easy to get kind of bashed on Jonah and think about this, but really, if you sit down and think about it, we're there all too much in our lives. So don't, for not waiting the foxhole to start building our relationship with the Lord. And it's an interesting thought that we'll have a lot more confidence in him if we obey him before trouble comes on that. Because a short prayer can reach God if you don't live too far away. So let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for, thank you for the lesson and everything this evening. Just some good good thoughts and kind of some challenging things that thinking of Jonah's life and how often we aren't what we should be in the good times and then we crisis Christianity so to speak when things get bumpy and rough but um, help us not to live there but to again kind of have a consistent consistent walk with you to where it's no different when those times come. And live in such a way that we're close to you when that happens because a short prayer can reach you when you're not too far away, when we're not too far away from you. And again, just thank you for the example of Jonah, of how it's how we can really resonate with it because we can see ourselves in him, how I can see myself in him. And help us to... Um, be serious and pay that that we vowed, that we would make serious, thought-out vows to you and keep them for that. And I pray that you give us safety as we go home this evening and then bring us back together again um, on Wednesday um, as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.